0: Welcome to Tamarindo
1: Tamarindo Podcast. Podcast. Un podcast para ti
0: y para mí. Tamarindo Podcast is amigos
1: Luis Octavio
0: and Brenda Gonzalez talking race, politics, food and life. We are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe.
1: Woo, claro que sí.
0: On this episode, we're really excited to have life coach Liz Garcia, and
1: and we're also going to have two amazing students pursuing their PhD degree while being undocumented.
0: No, share their struggle with us. Yes. Okay, but before we get started, let's have a union beer.
1: And I love michelada mix because what? we need michelada.
0: Mm. Cheers! Please. Cheers! Salud! Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Tamarindo Podcast episode 5.
1: Wow, already, huh? It's, it's, our, a- it's
0: our Carlos cinco, Quinto. C-
1: Carlos Quinto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is our Carlos Quinto episode. Yes, and
0: that, that always reminds me of you, because remember that one time I we went to Ensenada, Damn, and I swear you, you stopped water? at like 25 oxos oh, yes. to get your Carlos Quinto um, ice cream.
1: <laughs> yeah, for those of you guys who are passionate about Carlos Quinto chocolates like I am, in Tijuana, they sell... Carlos Quinto Paletas and Carlos Quinto Ice Cream, and I've been trying to smuggle that across, but every but it never makes it because you need no, it. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's Doesn't what. last
0: the four hour the four hour wait on the border. It
1: doesn't last fucking thirty minutes.
0: <laughs> okay, Luis, so it's been a couple weeks. What's new with you? Pasa?
1: Well, um, you know, I just um, shout out to my nephew. He just turned two. The, what What's is what do they what do they call him? The terrible twos, yes, or something. Yeah, he he can be a handful. Um, his name is Liam. He just turned. Uh, two, I was going to say 21. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, no, he just turned two, and um, we had a minion themed parties. So there were minions everywhere.
0: Minions of minions. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Minions <laughs> of minions. But I
1: do want to say um, really quick, I went to um, downtown LA uh, to it was it was uh, Los Angeles Street and Wall Street. And they have everything and anything you need for your parties. Alone and downtown and everything is so inexpensive.
0: Todo para la fiesta.
1: Todo, todo, todo. Absolutamente todo. I mean, we bought minion balloons, minion piñatas, uh, minion gift bags. It it Everything, have everything. Fun. Yeah, it was it was great. So definitely go out there. What about you? What's going on with you?
0: Oh, let me see. What have, the last couple of weeks? I probably got into twenty five Facebook fights on the internet. Damn. I can't resist. Ah, I need therapy. You're like you're like the <laughs>
1: caso cerrado
0: of uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, you know, getting into Facebook debates with people. Ah, uh, it's it's getting okay. frustrating. Okay, I, I'm you, almost ready to vote for Trump just so that we don't have to uh, no, keep having these, divide, I'm, I'm these fights. I'm
1: about to throw you a chanclas right now so you can snap out of that. No, este, I'm just kidding. But I want to know. What you're getting on in debates for? Because your debates versus my my debates are probably like nada compared to yours. Oh
0: God, they're just you know, it, I don't even want to get into it majorly. But I think the ones that upset me the most is when when somebody's like mansplaining to me, white mansplaining to me. That's when it's the worst, the yeah, worst. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Generally, generally, there's a lot. I have a lot of friends that I really respect and admire, and we have differences on our uh, presidential choice but i think most of those conversations most of those discussions are pretty respectable those are not the big the biggest deal um yeah it's really more i'm trying to remember who oh it's with people that i know we have no common ground Those, those are the fights that are the worst like i mean long story short uh, I live in downtown LA, uh-huh. and Jeff and I, producer Jeff and I, were walking our um, our dog, and we saw our neighbor. We saw our neighbor. Um, so in downtown LA, people that are not familiar with the area, you know, there's where our neighbors. A lot of them are homeless. Like that's that's who yeah. we, that's who we live with. But we saw our actual neighbor that pays rent in our building walking his dog, and he was being wrestled by a homeless man. Oh wow! The homeless man was trying to steal his dog. It was crazy, and Jeff and I were like, "Wait, wait, we know him!" So we we like charged and said, told the man, "Hey, hey, hey, that's his dog, that's his dog," and so the man left. Um, but uh, Jeff put it on his Facebook, like, "Oh my gosh, we did this!" And I like,
1: think I read a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, and there was a
0: lot of comments, and people had a lot of comments and about the situation, mostly appalled about it, and also some. It was very. It's a very interesting, in- interesting thread because there was also some discussion about. Uh, don't call homeless people bums. And it was a very interesting conversation about that's not Hijo the categorization es que you want to have for the... So anyways, but one of the debates, one of the people that I don't even know was like, that's that Prop 47 shit. That guy, you know, that guy, that guy attacking the dog, man, if he was a released because of Prop 47, that's zero to do with anything. Uh-huh. Oh man, it infuriated me. So little fights like that that I cannot on the
1: internet. Yeah, definitely not the fights that I'm having, pero bueno.
0: (laughs) So, but but I want to keep it positive. One thing that I think both you and I did, and we should just transition to this, let's do a little saboreando around town.
1: Oh, yes. But this one's, this one's actually, you know, it's kind of like la fe, el destino bringing us together, right? Okay,
0: so first, okay, let me, for our listeners, back up. So,
2: a long up.
0: time ago, uh, Luis had on, on his Instagram, I posted these pictures of these tacos de canasta. And, and I was like, where? I must have these. And he told me they're in in uh, Santee Alley, right? Yes. And this was years ago. So flash forward to this week, I decided to go on a, on a very, very, very long walk with my dog. One of my favorite things to do is to pop in a podcast, uh-huh. like maybe it's Liz Garcia's who, by the way, is our guest later. Uh, maybe it's uh, the Life and Brilliance podcast or whatever. A bunch of podcasts. I listen to podcasts and I zone out for two hours and I walk my dog. And I walked, I decided to walk aimlessly to the Santee alleys and just looking at all the stuff. And then I'm walking through the alley and then, like, the heavens parted because at the end of the alley, but,
1: yes, it's just their place tacos, so.
0: Tacos a toron. They're, tacos but they're so perfectly
1: because you're absolutely <laughs> right. You just walk, walk, walk. I mean, those alleys are endless, right? Yes. And then all of a sudden, there is an end, like, ah. and they're there.
0: So there's this this gigantic actual basket, canasta, uh-huh. a canasta, and these these people that. Um, their accent is very much true from whatever region of Mexico. Is that es de la
1: Ciudad de Mexico? Yeah, it
0: was, it was straight up, we're like. Ta- yebele, yebele. Yeah, Tacos de canasta. <laughs> so, um, if, if people don't know, I think the idea is that there, these are tacos that are cooked while steaming in a basket. Yes.
1: <laughs> sí, pues sí, tacos de canasta. Yeah, yes.
0: there's so much variation to el taco. And so uh, they serve it to you for $5, you get six tacos. Mm. And I did, I, I'll share, yeah. we'll share a picture on in our Instagram, but delicious. And it turns out I was, I was like, Luis. Oh my god! I found el ta- tacos al to- el toron.
1: Yeah, where, where, toron, well, el Toron. El Toron. Um, what time was that? Because you texted me, and that was like around. It was
0: Friday. Maybe three. Yeah, Friday around three thirty. Around three thirty, right? Yeah, I, I just went there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was. I was actually just there in the morning because, again, in preparation to my um, nephew's birthday party, we were looking for like minion T-shirts or whatever. No, and and I just got so hungry, and I was like, "A ver, sabes qué? They um, They have um, them. The refried beans. They have them." Uh, um, the papa, oh, yeah. and they also have them the chicharrón. And got I was two like, of each. Yeah, no, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do, exactly. Yeah,
0: so it's really great. And, and, and I think it's important to remind people that in downtown LA is definitely changing and evolving and there's lots of gourmet restaurants but you know what there's a lot of hole-in-the-wall delicious places yes. that are still surviving and that are worth it so for five dollars I had six tacos
1: because I'll tell you what um, when when I first uh, stumbled up upon these I immediately saw the canasta and of course I'm very familiar with this uh, delicacy and, and I was like <laughs> oh my god these are tacos de canasta and I've never actually seen them in an actual canasta because I, I, I don't know there, there might be some food, you know, uh, something some that you can't regulation. But I saw them and I was like, I, I gotta have them. And I tried them and they were the most delicious thing in the world, very close to the t- actual taste in Mexico. Um, but a lot of people pass by and they're like, right. But you just, you have to try them if yeah, you're there. Yeah, they were
0: great. I, I, I only tried them because you mentioned it and put a picture on it. And that's kind of how I find a lot of restaurants. Is I'm <laughs> I i, I I'm a classy lady. I need a picture of my food in order to know if I'm gonna <laughs> like it. So, yeah. So, anyways, everybody, we'll, we'll put it in our notes so that you all yes. can check it out.
1: El Atorón, Tacos de Canasta. It's um, right in uh, Santi Alley, and if you walk from where Santi Alley begins, which is on Olympic, you go all the way down. It's at the very, very end. The first left you can make in those alleys—that's mm-hmm. where it's at.
0: Exactly. Try yes. them. It's so good.
1: Oh, and they also sell Nieves de Garrafa. Oh too. yeah, no, it was those, amazing. So those are great also.
0: So good stuff, and, and we we have such a great show right now yes. that we want to just get right to it. Sweet. So we have some a couple a couple people that are that we're going to interview. We we have we have our friend Liz Garcia from the Life and Brilliance podcast.
1: Yes, and and also um, if 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 you can grab a pen and paper because you're going to want to write a lot of the things that she says.
0: Yes, yes, lots, lots of things to learn. So why don't we hear from our friend our interview with our friend Liz? All right, let's welcome our guest Liz Garcia. Woo! Woo-hoo!
1: Bienvenida, Liz.
0: Welcome, Liz. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself,
3: what you do, And how you got there? Ah, it's so good to be here. Thank you, first of all, so much for having me because I'm already having so much fun. Uh, The show just started, Ah. but I've had a blast already. Uh, So my name is Liz Garcia, and I am the founder of Stay Limitless, and I am a transformational coach. I help people transform and transition from one phase in life to another. I am a leadership coach. I uh, specialize in working with nonprofit organizations and particularly with first-time supervisors and middle managers. uh, I Love helping people move from one space uh, in life and leadership to another, uh, and then I host like you all. I host a podcast, yeah, the Life and oh, Brilliance oh. podcast. We love uh, it. It's it's a it's it's been such a beautiful adventure. I interview brilliant people doing brilliant things. We've been listened to in thirty two countries, and it's I'm just having a blast. That's this, so this cool. This whole journey is. We blast. want to get to thirty two countries. us
1: your oh, secrets? Know. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. What are some of the like the countries that you're being listened to that you're like what?
3: Oh my goodness! Dubai, Iraq, Netherlands, Russia, China. I mean, I looked at the initially when I started learning how to read the analytics. The first time I read it, I, I I read ten, and that in itself was really really exciting. And then a few weeks later, my mom was over the house, and I'm like, Oh my god! I realized I was reading it wrong, and I was like, Oh my god! It's thirty-two. Even more so, countries. So yeah, it's just Matraca for been awesome. all over the world. Oh my yeah.
1: God. Mm <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, I, I I really appreciate the, the the subject of helping middle managers, first time managers, because a, as someone that's only been a manager for a short while, uh, I have already and I have to sh- tell you, Louise, that I actually have already seen Liz Garcia. I went to one of her uh, Lead Like a Boss, right? Is that yes, what it's called? Yes, Lead Like a Boss oh, training that's a great series. series. Yes, yeah, there's right? a whole series, yeah. but i I, um, I only had the I only learned about it when it was already going on, so I only went to one of the sessions, but. Already, that one session that I went to with Liz Garcia was super helpful. Oh,
2: so, so, so do, what made that. you That's think
0: beautiful.
3: of that that target audience? So, in my last position, I worked with, I, I did prior to launching on my own, I worked in the nonprofit, the educational nonprofit sector for 12 years. And in my last position, I oversaw a region of 600 staff. Wow. And so, yeah, it was not. So, day in and day out, uh, you know, I, I got to see. Staff and leaders and first-time leaders and first-time supervisors in action. And I got to work with them. I mean, it was such a beautiful experience because you see over and over again the beauty of people stepping into their role as leaders and and owning for the first time their strengths. And uh, kind of figuring out what works for them and, and whatnot. And so that was the, the experience that really solidified for me that this, that was a space that I very much enjoyed uh, working with. Now, is this yeah. pre or post Harvard? That was post Harvard. Yes. And so I have my master's in education with it. It's long title. Education with risk emphasis on risk and prevention in adolescence. And so what that means is, I know that's crazy long, right? But what it means is uh, that I studied young people and uh, youth development, which means is, you know, how do you help a young person build resiliency through adversity and through, you know, the challenges that they experience in life?
1: That, I mean, that's great. Um, so one of the things that I like to know is what kind of message or what kind of um, tips would you give somebody who's just barely taking off in this, like in, in management?
3: Yeah, uh, great question. So, so there's a few things. Is one, learn to, so, so because I'm a, I'm a, before I answer your question, a little bit of background. Uh, be, because I'm a transformational coach, which, you know, can also be, be seen as a life coach. Many people also use the term life coach. Uh, all of the work that I do around leadership is, is very much based around who you are as a person. We can't control other people, but we can control who we are and how we show up. And so my work is, is really to help people determine and, and, and become attuned to and connect with who they are and how they're showing up. And so one of the, one of the, the key things for people is to recognize uh, what makes them tick, what makes you happy, what excites you, what makes you want to come to work every day. And then what are the things that make you tick on the other end? What are the things that frustrate you? What are the things that make you uncomfortable? And what are the things that, that you don't like to do? Because you're, so, you're going to be more successful as a leader when you play, play to your strengths. Now, when you're a supervisor, you also want to learn to play to the strengths of the people that you manage. Because you're more likely to be successful. And you're, you know, you're going to have a lot more fun if you're doing the things that you enjoy. Um, a couple more, if that's okay? Yeah, sure. yeah, go. go. Uh, I'm, 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 we're learning. We're so taking, I'm
1: we're taking, taking notes. notes. everybody.
0: Which, by yeah. the way, is something she, that Liz always encourages to her podcast listeners. Yes. And so you're going to write stuff down. It's homework. you got mm-hmm. work to do.
1: Yep. Yeah, everything that you're just saying, I'm really definitely taking note. And I'm thinking in my head while you're saying it. I love it. Like, what? Okay, why do I wake up in the morning? And what do I have to, you know, what do I want to do? How do yeah. I want to challenge myself so yes uh, keep on going
3: I love that and actually let me piggyback on that because one of the questions that or or one of the kind of kind of thinking pieces that that in the coaching world we share often is is the be do have connection and so the question is who do you want to be and what do you want to do to have the outcome that you want to have so, what version of you when I when I think about say for example when I when I give my presentations or when I when I lead my podcast is what version of me do I want to show up that day, and so I think about I, I want to have when I'm giving a presentation I did one yesterday for a for the California Parks and Rec Society I train their their rec leaders and so I think about I want. I want powerful Liz to show up. I want the version of Liz who allows herself to have fun on stage because for me that was a very difficult, that was hard, uh, really hard for me to do initially because I had this like this kind of persona that I that you know I thought leaders needed to be serious and, and now I'm like no I want to have a good time right and so think about what version of you do you want to show up today and then you want to think about what actions will I take? Uh, great leaders will all will will consistently be in connection with the action that they're taking right and it, action doesn't have to be like these big monumental steps it's all you know it can be the little little steps that take us from from point a to point b and then you want to think about what outcomes do i have and be as specific as possible and and be as bold as possible when when you're thinking about your outcomes stretch yourself allow yourself to to Want outcomes that are bigger than you or that you feel are bigger than you that make you uncomfortable a little bit, allow yourself to stretch. And so be do have. Who do you want to be? What actions do you want to take and what to create the outcomes that you want?
1: Love it. Be do
3: have. I like it.
1: So what version did we get today?
3: Yeah, what what (laughs) is comes out for the podcast? You got the the fun. The fun version, because we're having a good yeah. time. I, we've know, been we having a good time here. from the moment I walked in. Um, <laughs> and, and also the one, uh, the version of Liz who is here to to do a couple of things. One, to support you and your in your podcast. that And Liz has been yeah. a
0: great support, yes. by the way.
3: Absolutely. I think it's beautiful that you've started your podcast. I've been listening to it. And also to support your listeners, to support listeners so that we can give them good content, good information, and also, you know, have some fun. Yes. So, Perfect. Yeah. I love salud. it. Yeah, salud. Yes, um, salud. Now, what are some things that you, as a, as a Latina,
0: as a Latina from LA that has also gone to, to Ivy League schools, yeah. what are, how does being a Latina serve you as an asset in what you do
3: oh man i love being latina it's such a beautiful thing uh so the, i think the most important is that i i i love i love the space of latinaness like i love the space of showing up as a sorry, excuse me showing up as a powerful woman i love the space of that we're such a good combination. Like I'm super passionate. I'm super passionate. Like like I'm the the person, the type of person that that sometimes it takes me a while to do something. It'll take me a while to take a step because I have to kind of you know figure things out in my brain. But once I do it, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I, I partner that with um, I love people and I love I I've always loved helping people. And I I really think that comes from like who we are and you know we are about community and we are about supporting each other and that um i if, when i was listening to your to your podcast about the mamas the, the the mothers day special special the mothers day uh episode um there was a question about how your mom, something to the fact of how your mom served the community and I it, i was reflecting on my mom and what she taught me about, you know, you do what's right. You know, my mom was a very young single mom. She had my brother when she was 16 and she had me when she was 17 and she was on her own from the time we were four and five. And so I remember over and over watching her, like regar- regardless of how hard it got for her, regardless of, of whatever difficulty she had, her pride in who she was as a person and her her kind of resolve to do the right thing uh was very very heavily instilled in us and so for me that's a big part of being a, a, a powerful latina woman
2: wow, wow. that's so wonderful that's
3: thank,
0: thank you so much for sharing that with us in preparation for mom. having you here <laughs> and it's beautiful thank you yes Arriba las Latinas. Right. yes in, in preparation for having you here, we did have some friends submit a couple of, of questions, knowing that we would have this wonderful okay. leadership coach and mentor here. So, a couple of the questions uh, that we had were really around: um, How can you, as a middle middle level manager or a new manager, how do you influence up when you when you see things that need to be changed? So, one example was uh, maybe maybe. As a new manager and you have a team and you want to reward your team members with uh, maybe a promotion, but then you, are, you, come across, you come against some parameters that you find wrong. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that someone can help influence up and, and, and create change within an organization?
3: Sure. So the first is, is be very, very intentional about learning the, the organization history and the organization culture. And so you want to get to know the company culture and why things operate the way they do. And so sometimes it'll be because the founder uh, founded the organization and the founder is still there. and, And that's the way it's going to go because that's their decision that they made. Sometimes decisions are made because... Because that's it's kind of it's how it's gone, but nobody has questioned it or nobody has, has brought up different rationale. And so, so be patient and be observant and learn and come from the perspective of uh, you know Stephen Covey and the Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. One of those habits is seek to understand instead of being understood. And so you always want to to, to learn, observe, observe company, organization, culture, observe. And understand the people who who are above you in terms of title right and and responsibility and you know how they operate and why they do certain things you you know everything is about people and relationships and under, understanding people right and so so are they consistent in their decision making what are their rationales for decision making um, you know are they open to change and are they open to uh, to to certain ideas or or um What's the word or suggestions? Right. And then you also want to remember that 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 leadership is power. And for me, when I talk about leadership and power, I talk for me, it means influence. And so leadership is the the ability in my eyes to to positively influence other people and to be able to positively influence other people. And people respect others who are willing to be bold. In their decision making, people respect others who are willing to share their ideas and who are willing to share their bold ideas and who are willing to to say, you know, I have this idea and I'd like to implement it not because it's my idea and I think it's great, but let me let me give you all the points to why this is a great idea that will help the organization. So Mm -hmm. people don't want to hear what's in it going to be in for for you right they want to hear how is it going to benefit the organization and so and you know there's some organizations where you'll be able to influence a coach depending you know depending on personalities depending on positions and some not and so you just have to learn to recognize what's what's the situation there at your own organization. Yeah.
1: So be bold. Be no. bold.
3: Absolutely be bold. Yes. Absolutely. And it, if, if I can add an extra piece on being bold, I was just having this conversation. One of the things, particularly with with um, Latinos that, that I think has hurt us, a lot of us, and I, I was in this space as well, is that um, I don't remember, Brenda, if, if I talked about this in the training that you attended, but in, in my trainings, I often talk about being bold enough to talk about your strengths and to talk about your your successful outcomes because what happens is that a lot of times we'll say well my work speaks for itself or i've been here for a number of years you know you should see how how great i am but the truth is is that the people who are going to get promoted are the people who are are most likely going to be the people who have been willing to say look supervisor look leader this situation happened i did x y and z my, the customer or the patron or the client was satisfied because I did X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I think right? maybe so
0: Latinos get a little uh, too humble. Or yes. They're, yeah. Oh, So I mean, this is interesting to hear.
1: I think that's very cultural, though, because you're absolutely right. I mean, as I'm uh, hearing you speak... Yeah. I'm thinking of my own personal um, you know, work experience, and I'm thinking in my head, yeah, it's, uh, people are going to see, my supervisors are going to see that I've saved them thousands of dollars or that we got a, a, thousand, you know, a million more impressions because we went this route. But you're absolutely right. Wow. We have to speak out, and we have to say this is why we got the extra yes. million impressions. It's yes. because we went this route because I suggested it. Right.
3: Yeah. And to on your end, you might fully understand what it means to have a million more impressions and your supervisor might have might have absolutely no clue. They may or may not be in the space where they have enough brain power to to be proactive about seeking out that data and and or when they do seek out that data, they may or may not be able to read it, understand it, translate it. And so and I and. And I bring up these pieces of conversation because I can't tell you how many times I've heard from people. You know, I've been here for eight years, and and I I know that you know I was I was you know kind of ready for the position. I know that I would do great in the position. And it does not not to say that you will always get what you want, but I've heard too many people from too many situations where people, you know, just. Uh, were beat out by somebody who was willing to talk about themselves and brag about themselves. So absolutely brag about yourself, be bold, let people know, you know how awesome you are.
1: Not anymore. You uh, you better believe that mañana, <laughs> tomorrow, I'm going to get all my facts ri- <laughs> written down. And I'm going to say, hey, you know what? This and this happened That's because right. of me and my chanclas.
3: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> data.
0: People like yes. numbers. So data. Be clear. Yep. So I think, Liz, you touched upon a co- like the other question a lot of people came up with. How do I make more money? How do I get a raise? So I think you, you gave us some good um, examples of ways to just sh- sh- elevate your work and give specific examples of where where your role was was critical to that success so i think that's a yeah. a great takeaway another question that came up from our our listeners was like how do i deal with difficult people how mm. do i deal with people period?
3: like aside, tell me about difficult personalities
1: aside from throwing them our <laughs> chanta <Chankala, right? laughs> uh,
3: so there's a couple couple of uh, good pieces to remember about people uh people you know we are really fascinating creatures we really are uh there's it's it it fascinates me to see how quirky we are and how things make us tick based on our experiences. Which means that something can happen in this room, and the four of us could be. I'm including uh, producer Jeff. Jeff. Jeff the producer yeah, <laughs> producer Jeff, in the conversation, right? The four of us could be here, and the same. We can have the same experience. It experience, and the four of us. Co- interpret it completely different Mm. so one thing that one thing that is is good to always remember is that people are we're funky people we're funky creatures we do things and and recognize that that people do things based on who they are based on their values based on their experiences and i really truly believe that the vast majority of people are working with good intentions and that can be that can mean that you're going to work sometimes with people who have really great intentions and are horrible communicators It could be that they have really great intentions and because of their experiences don't know how to let go of grudges. It could be that they have really good intentions, um, but they backstab people because that's what they were taught to do. And this this is a conversation... Not with the intention of making excuses for people, but just understanding how people operate very differently. And even with with wanting, you know, having good intentions, but you know, we're just funky. And a lot of people don't know how to let go of their stuff, which is why I coach, by the way, because because I know what it's like to live not having let go of your stuff, and it's a lot less fun, right? But a lot of people just don't know how to do it. A lot of people don't know how to ask what they for what they need. So because they don't know how to ask for what they need, they don't get. What they need or what they want, and then they don't know what to do with it, right? And so that leads to funky relationships. Um, another thing to to remember is that that one of our kind of core needs is people want to be they want to feel seen, they want to be heard, and they want to be valued. And it's amazing that when, when people get those three needs, it's amazing how different people can show up. Um, and I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. So in my last position, it, it, was a, it was an organization serving youth. And so what would happen is that I, had, I oversaw 58 sites. And so when the parent complaints escalated... Mm-hmm. You know they would come to me at to a certain at a certain point, right? And so I had tons of calls where I would pick up the phone and it was an angry parent and brrr, right off the bat. And I can tell you right now, I would BFF people in two minutes because uh-uh. you work their magic to do and, that. And really, it was it came down to listening because regardless of of what they were angry about, regardless of how loudly or how off the chain they were yelling at me, I understood that that wasn't about me. It was about whatever their experiences had been. And so if you can connect, if you can keep that in mind, that when people are showing up funky, in a funky way with you, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. It's about them and who they are and where they are and their abilities or inabilities to handle things. And if you can keep yourself separate from that, okay, then you can, instead of reacting, you can respond based on who you are and where you are. That's hard. <laughs> That's it so is hard. hard it yeah. is hard because you have to. It's, it's, you know, essentially it's saying don't take things personal. Yeah. Right. And, and, that that, and that can be very, very hard to do. But if you can, if you can be intentional about practicing that relationships with people become very, very different. Wow.
0: That's a good stuff. So, so, Liz, do you have any things coming up where people can get a chance to, to especially I'm thinking yes. more of a, about the, the life coach part. Yes. I think
3: I wasn't super familiar with that. Tell us more about that. Oh, man. It's so beautiful, this work. You know, it's, it's, I tell people that I get to watch people do th- step into things and do things that they never thought that they would be able to do. Um, and so I help people release their anger. I help people release uh, their frustrations. And, and I help people build self-love and self-worth and confidence. And, That's wonderful. Um, and I, I, I'm i sorry. That's wonderful. Yeah, it really is. And I, I, you know, a big part of why I do this work is because of my own experience. There was a lot of chaos around me growing up. And so, you know, I struggled a lot with confidence. And I'm like a lot of like I'm I'm guessing some a lot of your listeners, you know, I was an All-American athlete in college. I have a Harvard degree and even that even in having all of that I still struggled tremendously because of all the junk that I carried from my childhood and so it took me a long time to really learn how to release everything that I was that I was carrying and when I did man, life just completely changed for me. And so to to walk others through that experience and to help others go through that, uh, it really is beautiful. And so to answer your question about what's coming up, I do have my uh, two retreats coming up. And so it's, it's the Love Me Retreat. And the Love Me is L-U-V, Love Me Retreat. And uh, July 16th is for women and August 20th is for men. They're both Saturdays. And it, they're all day retreats, nine to four. And we will spend a day helping you build you and love you. And so it, it's a day where, where we'll have different activities and exercises, you know, and I, I did it intentionally to split uh, women and men because I think there's there's different um, kind of dynamics that play there that I think that it, it's, it's a good space to to split that, uh, you know, but ultimately, it's a space for people to learn how to let to for me to teach people how to let go and. Um, let go of what's no longer serving them. Let go of what keeps them frustrated if people are stuck or if people are in, a, in any life transition uh, to help them navigate that. If, if people are saying... Um, you know, I have this great resume and I have all these, you know, I have quote unquote what I should have in life, but I'm, I'm not happy still, or I can't, I don't feel fulfilled. This is a good space for you. Or if you're in the middle of, you had a big loss in life in the middle of divorce or in the middle of, of transitioning from work, sometimes that, you know, that can knock us out, you know, kind of knock us a, a little bit. And so that's a good space for you. Um, if you don't have positive relationships and can't figure out, you know, why my relationships aren't healthy and they're not loving and they're not good, this is a good space for wow, you, and so sounds awesome. Yeah,
1: definitely sign me up for the August 20th. I'm Woo! gonna give that to myself as a birthday present. Yes, oh, yeah. I
0: love it. I have to check because so th- actually, that. my birthday is in July. I should probably do oh, the yeah. <laughs> one. Yeah, nice. this is great. Well, th- thank you so much for
3: sharing those things. Where can people sign up for absolutely? That? So, lifeinbrilliance.com. So, I'm gonna say that slowly again, and it's all one word slash love me retreat. And love me is L U V. M as in Mary, M E Retreat, R E T R E A T. Alright, the
0: love me love retreat. Me I love retreat. it. Yes. Well, um, we're at the close of our, our your chat with you. Yes. Oh already? Yes, know. it flew by. We we have a couple of questions that we ask all of our guests. Yes. And I'll let Luis answer ask these questions for for.
1: Alright, <laughs> perfect. So are you ready? Yes. Okay, bueno Iba. So, if you were a telenovela character, or if you had your own telenovela, what would that name be? A ver.
3: Give me a second, because uh, I want to have as cool of an answer as your other guests have had.
1: Okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What you think about it?
0: In the meantime, as you think about it, uh, have you seen Jane the Virgin? I have. Okay. One of these shows, we have to talk about Jane the
1: Virgin.
0: (laughs) I'm all caught up. Are you all caught up?
1: uh, Somewhat. (laughs) Uh,
3: la- okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry if this is corny. This is the only thing I can come up
1: with, <laughs> and it's probably going to be really good. So, déjalo, let it out. Uh,
3: la Lizzie en la casa. La Lizzie, la Lizzie en la casa. casa.
2: It's wow! like, yeah. La
1: that you know, you know what that reminded me of right now, kind of like in living color. Even the way oh you la said la- it, La Lizzie en la casa. casa. Yeah.
0: Great. All right, that worked. That worked. Yes. That was totally the only thing I could think of. I can think of like uh, Gerardo from Rico Suave. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes.
4: Yes. Hey. Now
0: we know what's going to be playing in the background of that. I know.
1: Segment. That's, awesome.
0: That's totally awesome. All right, what's the next? And one? then
1: the other question is what is your favorite snacks uh, or snack? We know that Latinos have some of the best oh, snacks. So, what is no. your favorite snack?
3: I am totally a. Um, Fruits, I can throw down like bundles of fruits. So mango in particular,
1: love mango. It's season right now.
3: Mango. my mouth is totally watering. Mango, Mm. mmm, peaches, strawberries, and uh, yeah, we'll stop there because that's a delicious salad. Totally, yeah. Yeah.
1: That sounds like a fruit salad. Okay, I I really want to try right now.
3: I will have to say I don't eat this hardly ever. Like I hardly ever. Eat this anymore, but every now and then, look, my mouth's watering just thinking about it. I'll have um,
1: get her a tell, somebody get her a towel. <laughs> not
3: hot like Cheetos and Coke. That craving will come up <gasps> oh for my me God. every now and Wait, then. What? What hot Cheetos and Coke, yeah, that craving. But I mean, like, you... I hardly ever, no, no, not together, not to, not oh, like, I don't dip I the hot say, Cheeto because like
1: the, the Coke. chocolate and pan no, dulce, that's... kind of, with no, me, that's no, where no, no, I no. went.
3: That's so funny. No, I don't, um, you know, that's, uh, that's both of those together are not a healthy combination, so I hardly have it anymore, but sometimes I'll get this, like, massive craving for hot Cheetos and a Coke.
1: Wow. It's
3: like a naughty treat. Yeah. And then the, the last oh. question we asked.
1: The last question is, you know, we have a segment called La Chancla. Ah. Oh. So, who is your chanclazo going to? Uh, either a person, a thing, or anything. Yeah, thought, an idea. Thought.
0: Who Who do we throw the chocolate? at? And Luis has got his chancla, so you could even...
3: Practice throwing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to as much as I'm committed to um, as much as I'm committed to not giving him a lot of energy. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna throw it to Trump because I think that yes. I think that leaders in the public space have an opportunity um, to positively influence other people, and I don't I don't think that that's happening. Yeah. And so absolutely. Uh, uh, again, I, I have committed myself to not give him a lot of energy because mm, you know it's just it's not worth my energy he is not worth my energy um but i will say that that's yeah he's but a, no, a virtual
0: bueno. chakra you can get. Yes. Absolutely yes.
3: awesome.
2: Well, yeah. thank
0: you so much, Liz. We're gonna check you out. So it's the lifeandbrilliance.com, Com LifeAndBrilliance life podcast on, yes. on all the places where you find podcasts.
1: <laughs> and on soon, and soon to come, La Lizzie and La Casa. Ah, I love it. <laughs> thank you so much, Liz. Oh,
0: thank it's you so both. good to have you here. Yes, so
1: much fun. thank you. Thank you. Yay.
0: Wow, that was great stuff from our friend Liz Yeah,
1: that was really, la really good Lizzie
0: en la casa
1: Exactly yes. ¿Y va la Rico. Rico, suave <laughs> <laughs> That's what that reminds me of That's yeah, a was really good name Rico y suave What?
0: This, this sick discount that we have Oh, so, <laughs>
4: yes. yes
0: So listeners of the the podcast You can enjoy going into the um, the Life and Brilliance Love Me Retreat at 50% off. Wow. 50% off. So if you enjoyed Liz, what Liz had to say in that short time, imagine spending a full day retreat with her.
1: Exactly. And you'll probably bump into us because yo sí si me quiero apuntar. I really want to go. I was just telling you, I, I've always wanted to go to one of these retreats and like exactly what she's talking about. And at 50% off, yo me Yeah, apunto.
0: At 50% off and supporting a fellow Latina podcaster. Yeah, absolutely. Not? So you can find out more about this. Go to lifeinbrilliance.com forward slash love me retreat. That's L U V M E R E T R E A T. Forward slash Tamarindo.
1: You know what I love me right now.
0: What micheladas? I
1: love micheladas. Oh yes! Cheers! 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 cheers.
0: Salud! And mm, delicious. Well, Uh, start start preparing another I love michelada for our next our next set of guests. We have two fabulous people. Yes, they are. uh, We have two two out of three. Of the Reinas del Norte Which you'll, you'll yes. understand why we call them <laughs> now That um, are PhD students They're Latinas And they're undocumented And they're here to tell us a little bit about their journey As well as uh, somebody they want to throw the chancla at <laughs> An institution that might need yes. the chancla So let's let's hear from our friends um, uh, Gloria and Jessica Whoop. Next guest, Woo. Woo. who's here? Who's here with us? A
1: ver, se pueden presentar por yeah. favor. Yeah, who's
0: with us today? Knock knock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gloria Montiel and Jessica Valenzuela. Wonderful. And and we know Gloria, and Gloria just introduced us to, to Jessica. We know Gloria mm. from we we all at some point either volunteered or worked for the Delhi Center in Santa Ana. So from our Orange County days, so yes. that's how we know Gloria.
1: Or party together?
0: Yes. Luis <laughs> and Gloria would tutor kids.
1: Uh, we just don't want to go there. We won't. Yeah, we I, wanna I, go yeah, go there. I don't think we want to go there. Good times,
0: though. <laughs> all right. Well, I had a great time knowing her there, and that's yes. the best part is the people I met.
1: Absolutely. But tell
4: us, why are you here now? What What are you all working on? Well, we're trying to get more students who are undocumented to pursue their educational goals and to get their PhDs. We know that PhDs are not for everybody, so we're not like, all right, everybody should go and get a PhD because it's a, it's a lot of work. But we do know that there's a lot of undocumented students who have graduated college and do want to pursue uh, higher education more and get either their master's, or PhDs, and because we're one of the first uh, undocumented PhD students um, at Claremont Graduate University, we've been working on opening up those pathways there, and now we're moving towards opening up pathways at other universities. Wow.
1: Great. I mean, you you definitely bring up a really good point about, you know, there's a lot of um, students out there that are undocumented that are graduating, right, more and more so. So uh, you're absolutely right. The PhD is not for everybody, but there has to be a step, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what you guys are here to talk about. What What could those steps be or what we need to do? What do the universities need to do, right, Right. to be be able to facilitate this for you guys?
2: Right. Mm Um, the Claremont Graduate University actually accepted four undocumented students before there was even deferred action. So before uh, us as students had a right to a social security number, a work permit, and deferred uh, deferred um, from deferment from deportation. Oh wow! And so so they took a huge step in terms of advocating for undocumented students. Unfortunately, after Jessica and I came in, um, there were no other students admitted at, that were funded. At at uh, the level that we were funded, and so we think, in a school whose mission is social justice, um, there should be a lot more done to ensure that this path stays open for other students.
1: So wait a second. Let me let me make sure that that I under, that I understand this. So you guys were admitted even before everything that that went on, right? Every, before the um, what is it called the, DACA. Before, the before you were documented before, before DACA, right? Yes. And now they're not allowing or they're not admitting anybody else.
4: Well, they situation. are admitting. So I think this is where, where I get where the line gets blurry, where CGU can say they do support undocumented students. They're admitted. But as you know, higher education is expensive um, and yes. Ph.D. programs are super expensive. Um, a lot of the funding for Ph.D. programs comes from grants and scholarships from the institution and. Um, And CGU, because we had very key people in the educational department, like faculty, deans who were on board, that's how we got funded initially. So there was, it was called the 21st Century Civil Rights Scholarship or fellowship. Mm-hmm. And that's how the four first undocumented students at the PhD program were funded. Now, we were funded up until our coursework was completed. But um, now we're, we're struggling to find finding for writing the, the actual dissertation to finishing our degrees. But, um, but now the institution has also made any, a lot of shifts from being, um, from the funding being determined by the particular schools now being centralized. So as a university, now they're not accepting, mm. they're not funding undocumented students. So we have we know a lot of people who are interested in attending Claremont Graduate University. They want to get their PhDs in education or psychology or history, but the school is just missing out on this opportunity to have brilliant minds at their institution.
0: So it sounds like they did something quite Bold in right. initially it, being ahead of the curb and thinking, uh, finding the value of undocumented students that want to pursue their PhD. But the concern now is that there seems to be a departure from that, right. and um, and with that, the the you you have all paved the way in modeling that it is possible to get a PhD at this institution, and and unfortunately, it seems like the institution is not. Uh, is having a departure from that direction right
4: and not only are we are we showing them that we are excelling academically like for ejemplo Ileana who's not here with us today um, she just got her masters this weekend Matraca so for her Right, for, for Ileana <laughs> she's a <the> graduate <laughs> right. she got her masters in economics like just badass brilliant mujer right and Um, we're showing them that we are getting these degrees right but we're also showcasing the university and bragging like we wear their brand on our chest every time we go to national educational research conferences we present and we have the university's name tied to our name so the university is getting a lot of credit um, because we are we're not um, only completing coursework and completing our degree but we're going above and beyond and making this a very valuable PhD degree where we're we're presenting our research. We're getting invited to other schools to speak. We've made recommendations at various universities across California and in other states on how they can better support undocumented students. So it's really a struggle to see, to be giving all these recommendations everywhere else, but our institution, who's gonna be our alma mater, just fails. <laughs> so, como,
1: so, como que they are taking the, the, the glory? Yeah. No, they're taking all the credit because you're absolutely right. You guys wear. You know, the name of your university on your chest, but then they're not really supporting you anymore. So maybe you should, you should, you should wear something that says the university and they're not supporting anymore. (laughs)
2: Which is uh, very unfortunate because I, just at this point where I am in terms of my dissertation, I've come across a student that also goes to one of the Claremont colleges, an undergraduate, right? And they asked, like, how is it that I can get to graduate school? And so I gave them a little bit of my background, but it was really disheartening to be able to tell her or to have to tell her. Unfortunately, you can't really come at TGU right now. We're working on that, but... Having that as a prospect, as a roadblock, once she finishes college, she may not be able to come in to which is a partner college. It, it's really a shame that that's just mm-hmm. no other way to put it. There's there's it's it's just very unfortunate.
4: Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell students. Uh, yeah, you can do this. Not here. <laughs>
1: oh, so that was going to be my, my next question. So uh, there are other universities that are helping out. Right.
4: Yes, there definitely are. Um However, universities haven't taken a clear stance openly. So they haven't come out, you know, when we talk about like coming out, like I'm going to hold that over here. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Good <laughs> <You right? también? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, when we're talking about coming out, you know, these universities with all these big bucks, they're afraid, you know, and afraid of what? They have nothing to lose. They got everything to gain, right? But um and and that's what that's what we're calling all universities out on you know like this one in particular yes CGU you have us we're you know we're we're uh, your, your poster children, essentially. Like, you get to brag about us and our accomplishments. But, um, but everyone, all of these universities should take on this next step and just openly admit undocumented students into master's programs, PhD programs, and then also professional uh, degrees, right? And we talked about people who are looking to go to law school, to uh, med school. So I think, you know, this is just the one step. This is the, you know, the one step that we, we've been working on because that's what our research deals with. And to clarify,
0: students are, uh, they you're admitted, it's just more the resources. You don't, the what you're not receiving is the funding, the way you both have received funding. Right. What these students will, will be up against is not getting in. They could probably get in yeah. on their merit and regardless of their immigration status. So it's really about the resources.
2: At this point. Yes, theoretically, that's the case. But as it happened in undergraduate, where a lot of universities had to create their own particular policies around admission um, of of undocumented students, now we're hitting that point with graduate schools, too. So individual graduate schools have to create policies um, to determine whether or not undocumented students or documented students will get in as well.
4: Yes, because even folks with DACA don't qualify for federal uh, financial aid. So... They need it more than others, right? The the scholarship and the financial support is a greater need. Like, whether you have DACA or not, you're going to need that financial support. You can get admitted, but that's as far as it's going to go.
0: Well um I'd like to back up a little because first of all it's a big deal that we're in the room with two students that are pursuing their PhDs. Yes. That you are already the more, the smartest people in this room. So No. Nice. So, I, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, I want to hear from each of you, you know, tell me tell me your story. How is it that you um you find yourself pursuing a PhD now? You go first Claire.
2: <laughs> so I was actually born in a little town called Guacoyula de Alvarez Guerrero in Mexico. Um, so this little town had no paved roads. Um, people rode donkeys and horses, and there was no running water. Um, and my family decided to move to Santa Ana when I was about eight years old. Um, and from there, I'm not. I just got tracked into the Gate Honors course. I cannot tell you where I heard the name Harvard, but at 12 years old, I said that I was going to go there, and I didn't even know what that Meant. Um, So slowly I learned that that probably wasn't going to happen because of my immigration status. Um, But nonetheless, I, you know, I always loved school. Um, In 11th grade, I met my most favorite teacher ever, um, Mr. Roberts, who really taught me how to to, or to love uh, literature and learning in general. Um, And I also had a great support from my counselor, Mr. Ox, and my debate coach, Ms. Gaznick. now Mrs. Statler. And I think they really propelled me to to continue going forward on my educational trajectory. So I applied to Harvard eventually. I got my admissions letter on April Fool's Day. So my dad was extremely concerned that someone was playing a joke on me. Um, but, you know, as, as soon as that came in, um, they, I knew that finances weren't really going to be a problem um, in terms of getting through school. My parents still had to help me out a lot in terms of extra expenses and coming home and sometimes not even getting to make it home during breaks. Um, but somewhere along the way... Um, I met Josefina Lopez, the playwright, at Santa Ana High School, and she told me, don't let Harvard be the greatest thing you do. So that always Which stuck with me. Which is pretty amazing, because it's, ama- it's an already amazing thing. <laughs> Damn, wow. I can only wish. <laughs> <laughs> and so that stuck with me, and I felt like I, when I was debating whether or not to, you know, just leave this behind, I had a Harvard degree already, I could have gone anywhere else, you know, and ma- made bank, I had a few friends remind me that if I were to go teach someone else, let's say, I was going to be teaching the children of diplomats, the children of kings and queens. And that's not the people that I really wanted um, to help or that I wanted, you know, to to be in front of in terms of in terms of advancing social justice. Um, So eventually I ended up I decided I wasn't done with my education and went back uh, to a Ph.D. program. And I think it's, it's all sort of I think about where I came from and it, I feel like it just wasn't by chance. I can't just let it be that that there is more that I'm supposed to be doing, whether it means pioneering this extremely difficult um, way through the Ph.D. program. But, you know, if, if this means that the next person won't have to go through some of the things I went through, it's all worth it.
1: Perfect. And let me just uh, interrupt a little bit there, because um, I actually before you and I became friends and before we became, you know, a lot closer, um, I actually knew about Gloria through a document, uh, a a documentary that I saw. And uh, I swear to God, that documentary made me cry. Uh, because of this whole Harvard being being accepted to Harvard and not having the the, the documentation, so Gloria is actually um, there's a documentary that's based uh, out of you, right? And uh, and that's where you kind of go through your whole story of going through high school, graduating, being in the honor system, and then getting accepted, and then how are you going to get there, right? So I am I am so
2: I'm at awe. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. Yo también. Yo siempre.
2: <laughs> Thank you, and I think that was my first time because that was filmed before I went to my masters back at Harvard, and before that I lived through the entire college without really telling a lot of people. I told one administrator, and her response was, "Let's forget this conversation happened because if there's something illegal, I have to report it." So that I sort she of get, so
0: un, un, uh, unaware uh, right? exactly unaware of the exactly. sensitivities and how um, to navigate
2: that. And so for me, that was a cue to not ever share that with anybody else. So. I I went through some of my closest friends um, not knowing this huge piece about me. Sometimes they would see me crying, not knowing why. Um, One of my closest friends um, was actually undocumented, and I didn't find out until I had already graduated because, again, it's not something that was openly shared about. So this documentary, my friends uh, Manny and Marcos really helped me to, to be brave about it. At that point, um, the conversation wasn't out in the open as it is now, um, but I saw that also as an opportunity to really get that weight off my shoulder, per se, but at the same time, use that experience to motivate others to continue their education.
1: What, what's the name of the documentary again?
2: It's called Almost American.
1: Almost American. And where can people uh, watch it? Because I definitely recommend people to watch this.
2: Um, it's on YouTube, actually. It's, I think, in four parts okay. um, under Almost American. And we'll, we'll put it in our, in our notes. But let's hear, let's hear your story, Jessica.
1: Yes. A ver, Jessica.
4: <laughs> um, so I came to the U.S. when I was seven. Uh, came from Cuauhtitlan, Cali, Mexico. And my mom and I migrated uh, because my parents split up and she wanted to look for a better place where uh, violence against women was not tolerated. So that kind of has highlighted and continues to highlight the kind of work that I do. Um, I went through school knowing that I was undocumented and knowing that I was queer And eventually, when I got to high school, I had very good, just like Gloria, you mentioned a lot of, uh, like, pivotal educators, right, who were there and marked the way. I had, luckily, I was very fortunate to stand out and be tracked in that path as well and to have educators who looked out for me. And uh, I was told about the QuestBridge College Match Program, and that's how I was matched to Pomona College. Um, When I attended Pomona College under QuestBridge, I think that was, uh, that was the Biggest gift, I told, I was telling everyone, like, whoa, I'm worth 200 grand because that's about how much that awesome. that pays, right? It's like, whoa, someone just put 200 grand down for me, like they believe in me, and that meant a lot, right? To know that someone uh, believed that I could complete this and be willing to like put the money out there to support me to complete this goal, right? Um, QuestBridge, I highly encourage any undocumented person out there to look it up. Um, to, it's a great college match program. You fill out one application and you rank your top eight. If you make it to the finalist stage. And I, I mean, back in the day, it was top eight. I'm not sure how many it is now. And then you get matched with the college, and you, it's it's a full funding scholarship. So that's the that's perk. amazing. It's it's amazing, and they openly admit undocumented students. They openly match undocumented students. Um, so that's a great plug for them. Um, and then when I finished. Uh, college at Pomona, so I just like fast forwarded three or four years of like. Ah, <laughs> isn't the it mulch? nice to look
0: back at that, like, that? like to not have to deal with all the homework and all nighters and just, you just know, yada, yeah. Yada, yada, I Academically,
4: Pomona was tough. Academically, it, it is, but socially, like, one being undocumented, I think was was the toughie, like, to not know who you could trust or not, because there's a lot of really wealthy, um, and and. A conservative thinking folks there who would just sit at the dining room table and say, or dining hall table and say like, oh, those Mexicans should just get deported. You know, those are the people I was having dinner with day in day out right? oh wow so, so that's already one toughie two like being low income is also very tough in that space for similar reasons um, but you know but to know like damn I made it through it's such a big accomplishment you know and so like shout out to all those who are still in their undergrad and they're putting yes. up with this shit and like, to, back to them yeah. <laughs>
2: She's yeah, so like, <laughs> you will do it. It's not
4: whether or not you will, it's just you will. Oh, you will. Yeah, and that's a great piece of advice that I got from a professor at CGU, um, uh, Margaret Grogan, who is one of the faculty who supported undocumented students um coming into cgu in the first place she always said like don't say if i or i'm planning to just i will right and so that's some feminista piece of advice right there that's too. wonderful those are good like, affirmations yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so definitely. you know with with people looking out for me like that um and then meeting uh, Professor William Perez, who's one of the one of the leading scholars. I would say the most badass and most radical scholar as well. Yeah. Um. He's not just in the books and presenting at conferences, but he's connecting with people. And when we talk shit about DACA, he's like, "All right, let's be critical of that, right?" So he's always like always trying to represent the voices of undocumented students or shed light on those from from the most um from the most uh, radical spaces, too. So um, he is the person who connected me to Claremont Graduate University. He basically said, hey, we're going to be having this scholarship. Would you be interested in applying to CGU? Like, if you get admitted, this might be a good match, right? And so I applied and was admitted and then matched up with CGU. Um, Before that, uh, also, I'd like to... Throw hands up to McNair Scholarship. I mean, to McNair Scholars Program, which is a federally funded program. But that's the program that, um, because brave souls led me through the underground tunnel of that program. Oh, You're not (laughs) supposed to get funding for federally funded programs if if you're undocumented. But one way or another, I me pasaron el tip, and so (laughs) I went through McNair Scholars Program, and I owe a lot to them um, because they. They showed me what you could do with a PhD, that a PhD isn't just uh, being the brainiest person or, you know, (laughs) uh, (laughs) that is not like uh, it's not just about reading the books, but that you could have an impact with uh, research that speaks to policy. Right. And connecting that. So. Anyway, that's how I got to do the work that I'm doing right now. I'm researching the experiences of undocumented queer and trans young adults as they're pursuing higher education and making recommendations for institutions on how to better support them. Wow, that's Um, amazing. That's great. And Gloria, um, what are you researching and, and how can the listeners of Tamanindo
0: help?
2: So I graduated from Harvard College in 2009. Um, since then, you know, as I went through my master's program and PhD program, I've been sort of on the lookout to see where research has taken this topic of undocumented students. And so far, I've only found two studies that specifically deal with uh, undocumented students at highly selective universities. One of them I wrote myself, and it's a super <laughs> small. It's a super yes. small study of three people um, at three different Ivy Leagues. That was published by the Harvard Journal of Hispanic Policy. And then the other one was a study that was conducted at Harvard. And it's also small at seven people, seven people, I I think. Um, And so my study will look at the identities and experiences of undocumented and documented students at highly selective private institutions across the United States. So I'm taking um, universities and liberal arts colleges that admit 25% or lower um, in their admissions rates, and then I want to, or my call to action is, if anybody knows of any student who is undocumented or documented at any of these highly selective institutions, please have them contact me so I can get a chance to interview them and learn more about their experience. And my goal at the end is to not only finish my dissertation with this, but also produce a report that will then be distributed to these private institutions to see how they can improve the experience um, of students there. Wow. How can people get a hold of you for that study? So my email address is Gloria.Montiel, M-O-N-T-I-E-L, at cgu.edu.
0: Okay,
1: and we'll put that in the notes. Yes. Wow. Well, that is great. You guys are definitely admirables. I mean, me dejan así, (laughs) mira, sin palabras. Impactado. Impactado. But I also wanted to say, um, I have uh, tías que viven en Iztacali or what?
4: Cuautitlanizcali. Cuautitlanizcali. Yeah. What
1: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, de repente somos vecinos. Yeah. I ¿no sé? <laughs> Yeah. Maybe. Mi mamá todavía tiene comadres right there.
4: Yeah. So, maybe. That, yeah. yeah,
1: that's great. So, um, we, I think we, we want to ask our, our final questions, no? Yeah. Um, so, we ask everybody that comes to Tamarindo Podcast um, a couple of questions. And the first one is, if you guys had a telenovela, What would the name be? (laughs) Or if you were a character in a telenovela, what would your character name be?
2: so just to keep with the theme here mine would be called Las Tres Reinas del Norte oh. damn, that's cool. and it would follow Eliana yeah. Jessica and myself through our adventures Perfect. at CTU you. okay.
0: yeah your your PhD that's a great
1: that's a great novel <laughs> oh anything
2: goodness. to add Jessica
4: <laughs> no I'm just Both gonna yours. jump on that horse and be like yes Las Tres Reinas del Norte yeah damn that's a good one yeah. that's good have to think do good we get to music. carry guns yeah, and just, yeah <laughs> <of course>. but you <laughs> No, not,
1: not 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 only guns, Water but, guns. but you but can you, drop
0: knowledge bombs. Yeah, knowledge yeah. bombs
1: and you can th- you can throw chunklasos too. All right. <laughs> and then our next question is um Latinos have some of the most uh, awesome snacks. What are your favorite snacks?
4: Mm. I really, really like pulparindos mm. and chocoletas. Yeah. Oh, I just can't live without those two.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And bubulubus. Bubulubus!
4: Oh, <laughs> I know
1: this, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. We Because
4: you're taking a dog and name it bubulubu.
1: Dude, that would be an awesome name.
4: Yeah. Is that going to be your novela name? Las <laughs> Aventuras de Bubulubu. I know. Oh. And then finally,
0: if you were to throw the chancla at somebody, a thought, a place, a thing, who would get your chancla?
4: Yeah. You know, everyone's been throwing chancla's at Trompudo, the Trumps. <laughs> I think he's got a collection. Yes. So I'm gonna throw a chancla at people who can vote but haven't registered yet. Yes, so
0: yes. But yes, by the time this airs you probably have already missed the primaries. So no yeah. whining. And no then whining. vote, vote, please vote. Yeah. You can still register till I think I forget when, but Anyways, you still have time to register, but you've missed the primary vote.
4: Otherwise, you you're getting why? a chanclazo. Calif- for California, it's May 23rd, which is the well,
0: I know, but what about to just... Re- when's the next the last day you can register to vote? For to- presidential Just election? to vote. Uh, we'll look like, it up. I don't know why we don't know.
1: Uh, <laughs> like that is going to come our way.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, register to vote. Vote, vote, vote. Yes. What about you, Gloria? And I'm going to throw my chancla at CGU. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And
0: what, what do we want them to do? So, just to, to wrap it up, what is what, what is the ultimate outcome that we want?
4: You know what? Just to be real, we want them to stop because que ya nos estén haciendo pendejos. Because you can't be scheduling meetings with people for four years in a row and still not have. Like a real plan a real of resolution. action. That's you how know, long you guys have been at it? Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Ever since we came in? Ever since we came in. Um, they've just been giving us a runaround. We've learned a lot about the way institutions run. So thanks for that knowledge. But okay, yeah. <laughs> like, get your shit together. <laughs> Admit undocumented students, give them funding, you're missing out on this opportunity. And if you don't, there's other universities who are going to want to partner up and are going to do this and are going to be trailblazing. So they've just missed out on having the largest number of undocumented students in a Ph.D. program.
0: And, wow. and, and people can continue to follow your stories. Uh, you, got, you all have a blog, right?
4: Yeah, we do. I was just sharing with y'all earlier that uh, I like to post my sappiest shit on there. <laughs> so if you like sappy, like, oh, my God, why is the system being so shitty? You can read mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eliana is like very, like, these are the resources you need to know because, you know, she's on point like that. And then Gloria is always like, and this is the future we're envisioning. So we got a little bit of everything for everybody.
1: Yes,
4: we all balance each other yeah. out. Yes. so the blog is called PhDs. So follow us there. We also have a Twitter handle. Um, if you follow us I swear we'll start posting more <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> this will be the, paving the way for that yes. well thank you
0: so much for sharing your stories with us si
1: sí, muchas gracias no, well,
0: thanks well, for well, having us both. we'll share yeah. all of the links and contact and all the things we need to in our notes but we appreciate it and thank you for the love of the the podcast yes gracias thank you thanks, thanks for you. the micheladas it was on point yes
2: <laughs> Micheladas
0: from I love micheladas thank you and have a great evening
2: okay. yes gracias yeah.
0: Awesome. Wow, good interview with those gals. They were great.
4: Yeah,
1: you know what? I've always been such a fan of Gloria. Like, she's always impressed me. And she... No deja de impresionarme. She is amazing. Yes, and and it was so wonderful
0: to learn about Jessica. Damn,
1: her, her energy... The energy that she brought into this room was just, I mean, it's great. Good for them.
0: Yes. And, and shout out to their friend, Ileana, who, who couldn't join us today because she's graduating, but she's also yes. part of the three. Um, the
1: Estrellas del Norte. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so good stuff with them. Well, you know what? Guess what? What? We're c- close to the end of the show. We uh, need to ready? just uh, do our chancla.
1: So who's your chancla going to?
0: Okay. So I think I want to echo our guest from earlier that um people that are. Eligible to vote and aren't registered, big freaking chancla to you. Ah, Yes. People that that are, okay, if you're in California and you have not figured out that you need to register a certain way to vote for a certain candidate... You get a freaking chancla because it was it's your responsibility, and don't give me the voter fraud shit. Like you do your homework, register as you're supposed to, and and by the way, by the time this goes live, you've missed it if you if you haven't yeah, done it yet because May twenty third is the date to register um, as um, I think it's declined to state or an ind- in um, or a Democrat to vote in the primary.
1: And I'll also jump on that, Chancla, because you're absolutely right. I mean, if you know, not everybody has the privilege to vote, and um, and and you should definitely use that because we heard it from our last guest too, uh, from, these, from these Bao. Are, yeah, oh you know, yes, of course. I mean, people it, need to it, register it, to vote. There was only a difference of 15 votes that got him to where he's at, right? Yeah. So I mean, I, Maybe I think it was
0: 13, but 13 small or something.
1: It was a very small <laughs> number. Yeah, it was a very every small vote, number.
0: Every vote counts. Please register to vote. Please get a friend if they're not registered to vote. Register them. It, you might have missed the. Primary mark, but that doesn't mean you can't vote in the general election. There's still plenty of time. You can go to your library. You can register online. We'll put a link to where you can register. You can register on Bow's yes, page. Bow's Speaking of Bow, we should yes. tell people about our event.
1: Dude, I'm so excited about this. Oh my God. So
0: on May 27th.
1: Yes, El Friday.
0: Good Friday, (laughs)
1: come
0: come and have an I love michelada. Yes,
1: Um,
0: if if you're not familiar with this, this is a it's first of all it's a delicious mix to have like your michelada anywhere you want. But we're gonna have the I love michelada combi, the big Volkswagen, and it converts into um, draft beer so yes. we will have your beer with the Michelada mix and we will have producer Jeff on the ones and twos yes. DJ providing, providing the music so you all should come so May, it's May 27th. May 27th you can go to our Facebook so that you can find all the details you can go to uh, to Bao Bao's uh, website
1: which is Bao 2016.com forward slash oh, Bao Cheladas
0: Bao Cheladas C h e l a d s. No,
1: I spelled it wrong. It's cheladas. A- cheladas. C h e l a d s. Oh, about cheladas, yeah.
2: Oh,
0: A-D-A-S <laughs> We will type these out so that you can. See, sí, go- porque
1: you know, this is oh. this is what happens when you drink so many. Uh, I love <laughs> <mi> Cheladas <laughs> while recording. <laughs>
0: So funny. Okay, so it's going to gonna be a
1: lot of fun. That's yeah. for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, and then who gets to go in for free?
1: All of the recent grads.
0: Yes, recent grads. Bring if your cap. If you're 21 and older. Yes, recent grads. I yes. are 21, old. so not high school grads, but college yeah. grads.
1: I know, I know. Or <laughs> community <laughs>
0: college, whatever <laughs> institution you are graduating from, and you're, and, and 21 you're over and older, 21. Older, yes. Bring your cap, and you will get in for free. So please. I've
1: been so inspired by these uh, graduation caps. Yeah. They're so much fun. They're really yeah. fun. Hopefully, so you, we get a couple of good ones. Yeah. If you get a really yeah. cool
0: one, yeah, that would be amazing. We'll we'll talk about you. So come to come to that event, and then one last final. thing to, to close out with. I do want to do a, a little mini boom, uh porra for a community leader that recently passed and that's Amin David of Los Amigos de Orange County. We know we have a lot of fans here from uh, Orange County since that's where Luis and I met. Yes. If any, anybody that um, was a community leader or was informed, you know that Amin David was Supporting all the progressive causes causes Absolutely. in Orange County, uh, Latino Latino Lebanese leader. Um, so rest in peace to I Amin mean, David. Um, we want a a, a boom for him and yes. all all of his work and his legacy. And uh, f- a few months before that, someone else, another uh, very prominent Latino leader, also died in the, the uh, Juan Francisco Lara, Doctor Lara, who was a pioneer oh in God. scholarships for Latino students in Orange County. Two legendary people that um, have have left us this year, so we just want to honor honor their legacy, and yes. then we hope to have many of our, our our fellow fans and ourselves be able to be half as awesome as some of those leaders. So,
4: absolutely, we want
0: to close out with that and uh, check us out. Make sure you. Tell people about the Tamarino podcast. We Please. are we are independent. We're, we don't have a, a big media outlet supporting us. So your word of mouth means means so much. Shout out to producer Jeff, of course, yes. for his work mm. who did double duty as the matraca player this time. Yes, um, so matraca for that. <laughs> And thank you, thank you, everybody, and, and tune in and, and share with others.
1: And don't forget to look us up on our social media platforms. We're on Twitter. What is our handle on Twitter, Brenda?
0: It's Tamarindo
1: Cast. Tamarindo Cast. And then also on Instagram, Tamarindo Podcast. And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Tamarindo Podcast. We're
0: everywhere. Find us, tell others. Muchas gracias Follow por us. tu suerte. Yes.